just for one girl to come to know the Lord. That was worth it because he would do it for one, like just for me. And I was worth it just for that, just one. Then why would I not do the same thing just for the one? This is The Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal the supernatural reality of God's love. When His love leads, a remarkable story follows. The Unseen Story is a nonprofit that relies on financial support from listeners like you. Please visit our website, theunseenstory.org, to find out how you can partner with us today. You're listening to Tiffany's Story, Just One. I married my husband, Chris, almost 31 years ago, and we met and married in six weeks, which was crazy. And I knew the Lord, but was not walking with the Lord really at the time. Chris did not know the Lord. We had two kids fairly quickly, that kind of back to back. And he, he went to church and played the game with me and did you know like all my family went to church and so he just kind of did whatever i did and listened and started asking questions and he is very his mind is very different than mine i didn't even question the lord like i never questioned because the bible says like that's why you do it you have faith and and you just trust in this and this is why you do it. Well, he questioned all of that. I'm like, so I've got to have answers to that. So then I had to start studying more myself. I didn't really have that personal connection either. I found, I found like I was just walking on the coattails of other people and I had to now find the answers and the who Jesus was to me, because how could I explain that to my husband? He eventually, and you know, long story short, I'm going to fast forward through that. He came to know the Lord, and when my um, daughter, right after my daughter was born, so I had a, now had a two-year-old and a maybe I don't know how old she was, six-month-old, and we were in church. I started working in student ministry. We eventually felt called to foster. And everybody thought we were crazy because like, why would you like, you have kids. And we, I kept getting these phone calls from this lady who wanted to interview us. And she was from Nebraska. And I don't know how she got our name. I have no idea. She called a couple of times. We ended up meeting her at a hotel in Dallas and interviewing about a position where she wanted us to come be house parents, like you'd be certified to foster, but run a group home in um, Nebraska. And Chris had, at this point, Chris had finished his school and he worked corporate Frito-Lay and had a great job. And I was president of the PTA and I'm, you know, running the youth ministry and so I remember, uh, I mean, now if you went to work for this organization, you would make a lot more money than what we made. At the time, it was a new kind of concept. Um, you really just, you got your housing paid for and um, you were fostering 
eight kids. And we had no idea what we were getting into. No idea what we were getting into. I mean, we were, like I said, really still really young. I think, um, I don't know, I think I was maybe 26. And I'm, now I'm going to parent eight or nine really hard, troubled teenage girls. Sure, I'll do it. Why? I mean, why not? Well, it could be the worst thing they could have to. <laughs> and Chris and I are going to work together. And we're not going to really make any money. And we're going to have to spend 24-7 together, which we've never done that before. You know, that's going to go over well. And moved into our house. And here we go. We've got the girls. And, you know, I'm ready to change the world. I'm going to, like, have a bunch of foster kids. And I'm going to bring them all to Jesus. And it's going to be the greatest thing. Well, the organization we went to work for is a Catholic organization. And at the, the organization we worked for, we live, it was its own small city. And so you live in the house and they have a school there. And then they have really everything is there. It had its own zip code, had its own post office. And the kids had to go to church and was part of the program. And they had the choice to go to a Catholic church or a Protestant church. The Protestant church was led by a Lutheran pastor. and so but very much under the authority of the Catholic priest that ran the organization. So it was basically a Catholic church or a little bit less of a Catholic church. And the kids had to go to a religion class at school. The kids that were in your house had to go to a religion class at school. So when we got in and um, we started going, we didn't have to go to church on campus. We could go to church off campus um, if we wanted to. So we would go with our girls some, and then some we would go off campus. We found another, another church off campus, but we could not take them with us. I wanted to do a Bible study with the girls. And so I started, um, well, I found out you can't really do that. So I did like an underground Bible study. It really was underground because we had basement. So I called it underground Bible study, and it was real. Like I felt like kind of the Harriet Tubman of the of the world. It was just really a kind of cool deal. So we started Bible study and we said, if you want to come, you can come. Girls in our house, if you want to come, you can come. I'm down here. I'm going to do it by myself. If you don't want to come, it's fine. We had the house that was the hardest of the heart. So uh, I think just because we were young and naive, they just said, give them whatever, you know, they'll the older couples knew like, well, no, we're not taking that kid. That kid's going to tear up our house and ruin our life. And they can say that we didn't know it. Like bring it on. Yeah, I'll take her. Nobody else will take her. So we had kids that were either going to, a lot of them were either going to make it in our house or go to like juvenile detention or end up in prison or uh, anyway, started having Bible study. Well, so our girls start coming and they start liking it. And they start going to religion class and start asking questions. Well, that didn't go over so well. So we had to have a meeting with the priest because our girls were asking too many questions. Um, so we had to stop proselytizing in our home. because, And I was like, well, it's great that they're asking questions. They're asking questions about the Bible in a religion class. Like, this is what you want them to do. 
these kids have come from really hard place and they're finding hope in something and no, that they've got to stop asking the questions. And now they're all starting to want to leave the cast. They've all been going to the Catholic church. They're all starting to want to go to the Protestant church. Okay. Well, so they let them go to the Protestant church, which is still really the Catholic church. Only just a little bit watered down. Maybe they don't. Maybe they read the liturgy in English instead of Latin. They start doing that. Then at every Christmas, our church did a big, like, I don't know if you're from the Dallas area, you would know Prestonwood does a big Christmas pageant. The church that we went to there did something very similar with, you know, they brought in the live animals and all of that. There was just a big deal. So they, our church would donate tickets for us to bring our girls. We started going and our girls, but you know, it starts from the birth of Christ and it would go all the way through resurrection. And our girls started asking questions and started coming to know the Lord. And that was not, we got told that we could no longer go there. We couldn't. And our girls were asking again too many questions and we couldn't take them there anymore. And our girls were really upset. And I, of course, took them up there anyway. And I was like, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, fire me. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, this is what God's called me to do. And this is what we're going to do. And then he's got something else out there if, if, it, if this isn't going to work. So we went anyway. Of course, we got in trouble. So. Here comes now we haven't been going to the Catholic church. We've been going to the Protestant church. So the Lutheran pastor comes to our house, knocks on the door and wants to talk to me. Well, Chris is gone. And so we go in my office and close the door. And he is talking about how we can't take the girls to this Christmas program and how we've got to stop doing what we're doing and on and on. And I just get mad. I just remember like my, like our, his voice raising and my voice raising, both of us had red faces. It was not going well. I'm not the person really that should be talking to this guy because you're going to tell me that I can't go do something. Well, first of all, I'm going to do it because you told me I can't do it right or wrong. I mean, that's just my personality. And then about Jesus and you're a pastor, like stand up for me and say, Hey, you're doing a great thing. Take them to all the pat, like keep on doing what you're doing. But he was given the mandate by his boss to come tell us that we could not do this. And so I remember all our girls being outside the door, just listening. Chris came home and then I could hear them say, go save her. <laughs> You've got to go save her. And so Chris walks in and he was like, I'll take this. You go out. So I went out and then stood by the door and listened. And they were in there a really long time. I'm like, what is happening in here? What is happening in here? And finally, I just like opened the door. Like, I have a right. This is my office. This is my house. I have a right to open this door and come in whenever I want to come in. And Chris was kneeling and praying with this Lutheran priest, pastor. And 
um, I just remember crying and like, I wasn't sure why I was crying because I didn't really know what was going on. I just saw like this beautiful picture and him, like the, the pastor saying to us, I wish I had the faith that you had to do what you do and to be able to stand up for it and, and to do it. And like him accepting Christ, but like being a pastor of a loser, you know, but him accepting the Lord through watching what we were doing just was a crazy, just for Chris to get to pray over him and to hear him say, I wish I had the ability. And I was like, you do have the ability. You just do it. You're doing God's work. Like this is what you do. And we weren't on great terms with the father that ran the place. And it was always weird to me that they called him father, whatever, you know, cause I was like, he's not my father and I'm going to go in and like, I'm just going to call him by his first name. And then everybody's like, Oh my gosh, you can't call him that that's disrespectful and I was like and I was like he's not my father and I don't have to go to him to get to my father I can go straight to my father to end up just earning his respect later I mean he's passed away since but he wrote after we left there he wrote us letters every year he sent us Christmas cards he called us um he ended up having great respect for us when we left I remember my son saying one day, you know, how family meeting, family meeting, how are things going? And him kind of getting a tear in his eye. And I said, what's going on? And he said, I, I just want my mom back. And I said, okay. It's time for us to take a break. And um, so we left there and we, one of the girls came with us, moved with us. And we kept in contact with girls over the years and I guess one of the greatest stories is now the ministry that I um, I'm a running nonprofit now that is called Bell and Sparrows and it's just five women four women and we take women to serve other women and this last summer one of the very first girls in that that house went with me on that trip to Portland and to see her now as an adult mom of you know, three little girls just like, and her to say, Tiffany was like a mom I never had, or, and I wouldn't have, if it wasn't for Christmas, Tiffany, I wouldn't have known Jesus. For us, like, we don't know that at the time because they're teenagers and you don't know what you're doing. Like, you're just doing things, but you don't see what's happening and you know that you're planting seeds but you don't really see the fruit of it and you might not ever see the fruit of it so that's the thing like for me you just keep planting the seeds and I mean I'm God knew I think that I needed that at the at the time to see that hey what you're doing was really valid um and it works we said that all along we said when we went there um, and we told everybody if we go there and our time there is just one girl's life gets changed, it's worth every bit of of the trials that we went through there and the you know putting up with being called out for everything and all of that was worth it just for one girl to come to know the Lord. That was worth it because I mean if he would do it for one like just for me. 
and I was worth it just for that just one, then why would I not do the same thing just for just for the one? Thanks so much for listening. We encourage you to ask Holy Spirit what he wants to say to you through this story. We invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share his stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org.